Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. It's been quite the week. We've been staying busy outside of Apex, but uh, it's always good to get back and chat. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy week to say the least. Uh, third party business is going great right now, and uh, the personal lives are going great as well. So yeah, but it is nice to always have this little reset every we record on Tuesdays to talk about Apex and really catch up on everything. But we got a fun episode today. We're going to be discussing everything you need to know about snipers and apex legends before we do that though we want to make sure you join our discord to chat apex find teammates and receive third-party updates link for that is in the description you excited for this one i am uh this was kind of requested you know we kind Mm -hmm. of floated out there should we talk about snipers it's one we've a little bit avoided in the past and uh, we got some positive feedback asking for it so i always Mm -hmm. love that before we talk about snipers though let's dive into the news First piece of news, the lead software engineer for Respawn talked a bit about the arena's ranking system on Twitter a little bit. I don't, it, it sheds a little bit of light on some stuff. It's more of a re, re, reaffirmation of what we already know, but I think it's interesting to talk about in response to some frustration about the MMR system and the ability to solo to high levels of arenas. And a person essentially was requesting a shift to purely base ranked matchmaking on your rank instead of your MMR. Remove MMR. Uh, The developer Sammy responded by saying this, MMR equals rank. You can be the same MMR, but a different rank. If you solo queue at a high level, it is extremely hard to find you other people to play with as all the preds try stack, three stack. Same issue in BR, no D rank, so artificially better. MMR distribution is all right. Lots of average. Preds are rare. So obviously a lot of abbreviations in that tweet. But I think what we're reading into this is one, your MMR score. And I think the discussion is separate here on, hey, is MMR a good system? Like, does their MMR scoring work? But they're saying that MMR, you can be gold, you could be plat, you could be silver. You could have the same MMR based off your recent play and how you've been playing recently. Are you winning? Are you losing? But I think the insight here that's interesting is that essentially further admit from a dev, if you solo queue, at high levels and you try to go solo to masters you're screwed there's not enough good solo queue players out there every good team every good pred is three sacking all the time yeah i mean these are the issues playing out that we were calling early on whenever you have a ranked system that is based off of invisible numbers mm-hmm. people are going to get confused and when people get confused they're going to get frustrated and so i don't know at this point i kind of think that It's a bit funny because Mm -hmm. essentially what MMR is demanding from the ranked player is you have to have momentum. Yeah, You have to consistently be doing really well. And if you slip up, that's going to slow down your gains, even if you were to go off the next game because of where your MMR is at and where the matchmaking is. Mm -hmm. So it's not a great system. Shahan and I... We're really excited about ranked arenas and we have really cooled down on it because Mm -hmm. of this system. So it's unfortunate. And I think we're probably in agreement that you'd be better off with a more straightforward system where you get five points for a win, five points for a loss, and you go with something like that. Like we could Mm -hmm. really simplify this and probably be better off on all fronts. Yeah, I mean, a visible system is always nice. But yeah. I think obviously there's just something wrong because there's a lot of games that do an MMR type system and have a mm-hmm. lot of success with it. So I think there's just something there. There's a gap. And if the gap is that three stacking and soloing is just different in Apex than it is in other games, like you just don't get these stacks of teams in games like COD or Halo per se that have similar systems that you do in apex and that's the issue that's what makes the solo experience hard because then that's that's frustrating like i i think there's something there maybe but yeah it's very much a reinforcement of what we kind of already knew but uh i guess nice to hear there's some thought at least coming from the devs on it (laughs) yeah 
next piece of news, and today's a slow news day, by the way, folks. We'll be into the sniper soon, but a recent batch of articles was published by GameRant uh, that went through some of the community's wants in the future of Apex. I thought it would be fun if we kind of looked at these headlines and gave our thoughts on them and we'll broke down maybe what some of the people in the community are thinking. So we got three things to talk about. Let's start with the first one, a pure metropolis map that leans into the sci-fi part of the Apex world in tech. We're looking at a picture here. If you're on the YouTube, you're probably looking at a picture here as well. But for our audio only people, we are looking at an incredibly futuristic city, very Star Wars, Star Trek-esque of just this huge, huge city that has screaming skyscrapers. How do you feel about city combat? We've talked endlessly, I think, about like the verticality and some of the issues that do come with it. But is this something you can envision playing in one day on Apex? Well, going back to the very beginning of the podcast when we were thinking about what's Olympus going to look like, yeah. this futuristic metropolis was really what we had in mind, honestly, like ziplining from high rise to high rise, yep. uh, you know, going in that urban combat even more so than World's Edge. I honestly like the idea. I think mm-hmm. that it's one of the main reasons that World's Edge is so popular is that vertical combat floor to floor across three different cities on the map. That's a lot. We could level that up even more um, and have some really fun hot drops. So I think that's one of the main allures to these sort of city ideas for map design. I could see like a city map like this having ranked issues and kind of like the playability of it. But I do think that overall it would be really fun and the design of something like it would be absolutely amazing. So Maybe someday, I think the recent struggle of BR games, Cough Cough, Hyperscape, that went for very city, urban, pure verticality kind of yeah. stuff, might uh, put some pause on that idea for Apex currently, but who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, you no matter what, just like World said, you have to have open space. You know, you can't do just a strictly city end-to-end uh, because exactly what happened to Hyperscape. There's yeah. too much opportunity for people to just camp rooftops the entire game Mm -hmm. and it makes it so that it's actually not very vertical because Mm -hmm. everything's happening on the top on the top so the whole map almost feels flat it's not great in terms of map design yeah we'll see if they come up with something or ever do anything like this and one of the other titles was the addition of a kill cam to apex legends and this goes hand in hand with the other thought as well so we can talk about them the same which is post match vods how do you feel about something like that? Would you want to look back at your game after the fact, review your sweet plays and the rotations, see where the other teams were, get some highlights, and then uh, obviously reminisce and how you died outside of just seeing the numbers? <laughs> yeah, a kill cam would be great, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I do really like the death recap. I think that it gets the job done, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of tell... All right, how many people were shooting at me? Did they hit yeah. headshots? Were they using, you know, a spitfire? You can kind of get a lot from that. Uh, kill cam would be cool. I don't necessarily think it's needed at this point. Um, but post match stuff, you know, I want more stats. Yeah, you know, it'd be yeah. really cool to see like what your accuracy and damage was per weapon you used, or to see kind of a heat map of mm-hmm. the whole game. Where did everybody die? Where did I die? Where was I? respawn and revive to kind of to learn more about the flow uh, of a game i think would be really really cool to see yeah that'd be awesome i think kill cam one of the issues you have in a br is that if you die solo you could in theory relay that information to your teammates Mm -hmm. and potentially give them an advantage they wouldn't have had otherwise so maybe it's a if there is a kill cam ever added to the game it's a post-match kill cam once the entire team's a limb or something along those lines to avoid a situation like that i'm up for any of these kinds of things i I love this all the vod stuff you mentioned would be really cool um it would provide some really cool opportunities to do some awesome commentary on games as well and that would be quite exciting that's going to wrap up the news though and with that we're going to talk about snipers it is going to be a fun discussion i'm excited for it Snipers and marksmen's kind of these longer range guns have really been a constant topic of conversation for us in this most recent season. I think between those weapon changes, introducing maybe a more long range meta, a little, you know, cough, 
Cough triple take. And then this new map, it's got these long range lines of sights. We're engaging in more of these long range fights than ever. And it's a good time to take a peek and talk about the sniper meta again, because we keep talking about random snipers when we talk about marksmen and stuff. And now we can sit down and compare all these ones, pit them against each other, which we haven't done in a while. And that's, I think, one of the key components of why we're going to be talking about snipers today. Yeah, I think that we this season we've just been getting so into the weeds on things. We've talked about the SMG meta, we've talked about mm-hmm. the marksman meta, and now we're talking about the snipers. And while all that's going on, we've also just been going so hard on dissecting legends. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this is kind of our prime in that we're really taking a look and focusing in on different elements and not just looking at the game generally and then focusing in whenever we feel like it to compare one or two weapons yeah we've had to talk about shotguns a lot recently in addition to that and so the snipers have been put on the back burner so i think this is a solid opportunity to give them some time to shine and i think the question that we got to start with before we kind of dive into the numbers is why do you snipe an apex It's something that we have not really been the largest proponents of since the podcast has come out. I don't think people have heard us coming out here preaching like, hey, you got to carry a sniper rifle with something else. And I think that despite the weapons being a really strong style of play, that's just not always equated to our version of winning, at least. I think this has slightly changed, though, in terms of our opinions on it, whether it be the power of the snipers or the map environment that we're currently playing with that encourages this long-range, successful sniper meta. So the reason the snipe's really simple. You make your longer-range engagements easier, and you put pressure on teams that are rotating. I think those are two of the key components. Imagine if you and your team rotate to a late-game power position, but everyone is just sitting there with their close-range weapons. You're running your 9 and your shotgun like some of our favorite Wraith mains love to do, and you're just waiting for that final fight, just sitting there. By all means, this is very successful for a lot of people and good work. And I think it's something that we see a lot of uh, pros do, especially in the late games. It's very successful. But if you carry a sniper, you can really try to dwindle down those opposing enemies, weaken people, make their lives harder as they try and rotate into safe spots. Maybe if you're playing ranked, steal some extra RP here and there. And really, level up your EVO armor, which has been a pro player strategy for a very long time and one that I don't think we gave enough attention to for a while with how nice the snipers can be with leveling up your EVO armor. So there's a couple good reasons to snipe, I think. Uh, But overall, it is a slightly different style of play than what we are used to talking about in general. Yeah, and for those that are struggling to maybe get a 2K badge on a legend, Mm -hmm. snipers at that point are probably the best way you could do so. You know, if you're just struggling to ramp up that damage, you have so many more opportunities using a sniper. And so today, maybe we can talk a little bit about what sniper should you choose and uh, why, depending on your skill set and play style, things like that. Well, do what you do best, HB, and break it down. Walk us through the numbers of why maybe we should snipe and which one to use if we do so. And this is this could be a shorter one in general. Don't want to jinx anything, but we don't have as many guns to talk about as we normally do. For sure. I think <laughs> that we don't have... This is a smaller class, and it's also unlike any other class. It's even totally. more strange than the shotguns, honestly. And the shotguns are so complicated because of pellets and the spread of that. And so talking about time to kill and damage is very mm-hmm. complex and difficult. But snipers are so unique that... We're not going to talk about numbers that we often do. We're not going to talk about reload speed necessarily or ADS movement. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're not really going to talk much about attachments per se um, because for the most part, snipers are meant to be used from a fixed location, trying to be as accurate as possible to maximize damage. So your your ADS movement speed on sniper versus SMG. There's not a lot of situations where that's going to come into play on being a deciding factor for you. Yeah, and so it just isn't super applicable. And in terms of reload, there's not much to talk about, I think. We've discussed it in the past uh, when doing some comparisons, but when we're just focusing on the snipers, it's not super relevant. Mm -hmm. But 
In this class, we have three on-the-ground snipers. We have longbow, sentinel, and charge rifle. We're first going to look at kind of the general stats, the magazine size, the damage uh, to the body, as well as the full damage potential, which is if you hit the entire full magazine in the chest, mm-hmm. how much damage are you going to be able to do? And then we're going to look at the rounds per second, the shots to kill, the time to kill, as well as the damage per second, and then finally the headshot, which we really never talk about headshot because Ooh, it just isn't really episode. applicable. Mm-hmm. This is a special episode, but it's hard not to talk about headshots when discussing snipers because mm-hmm. they're almost the only weapon that you're going to be using and you have the time to aim in, mm-hmm. look at heads. If you're rocking with a burst or a fully automatic weapon, you're not really in a situation where you have the patience or the opportunity to be really zeroing in. So with the snipers, you generally do. There's a certain little care package weapon in this conversation where headshots are quite important as well. So it would be a shame to not talk about that. (laughs) Definitely true. Um, But without further ado, to just dive into it, um, essentially when we're talking about magazine size, the longbow is king and it's not even close. Um, maximum magazine size of 12, minimum of six. We compare that to the Sentinel that caps out at seven. So almost (laughs) the worst version of the longbow has almost as many rounds as the best version of the Sentinel. Pretty brutal um, and quite a drastic difference that's going to have a ripple effect throughout the entire conversation. Then we got the weird one, and we have the charge rifle. <laughs> the weird one. It, That's what we're it, dubbing this gun, the weird one. <laughs> it <laughs> charge is rifle. strange. Um, in all practicality, it has four shots in the magazine, no extended mag. Um, really, it consumes double the ammo. Mm-hmm. So there's an eight-round mag, but it's two ammo per shot. So comes out to four. Um, but that's just not very good. You know, that's definitely the smallest magazine, and not only is it the smallest, but it's also consuming more ammo than all the others. So pretty expensive on that front. Um, But if we look at damage, uh, I think this is kind of where maybe they come closer together. The longbow does 55 to the body and then has a damage potential of 660 damage. We talked about that uh, mm-hmm. on a recent episode talking about the marksmans and that this is kind of what you might call a firing range stat that it's not super applicable because unless you're Shay, you're not going to hit all 12 shots of the longbow. It's a really nice skill to have when you play video yeah. games that you just don't miss. Like I, I so, definitely would recommend to our new players to try it out. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't miss, then this stat is really helpful, but for those of you that are normal, um, this is a just a good step because it shows you what can this weapon do at its peak. And then if you scale that down and you kind of see, okay, can this achieve massive amounts of damage if you put the time in to master it? Kind of what you get there, a combination of the magazine and the mm-hmm. damage. The Sentinel, though, has a base body damage of 70 and then a damage potential of 490. So even though it does more damage to the body, it actually has a significantly smaller damage potential than the longbow because of the magazine size. But the Sentinel also has this ability where you can charge it up. So if you add two cells, you can increase the damage by 25%. That means that a body shot, instead of doing 70 damage, is going to do 88 damage. That bumps the damage potential up to 616. That's much, much closer to the 660 damage potential of the longbow throughout mm-hmm. the entire magazine. So they kind of get close when you add the charged, but in terms of just that raw body damage, the Sentinel is very powerful. 70 oh, yeah. or 88 compared to 55. Now we're back to the weird one. So the charge <laughs> rifle. This one is quite interesting. If you were to hit the entire shot, all you four. would do 90 damage. <laughs> and then if you hit all four of the entire shot, you would do a maximum of 360 in damage potential. That is very bad. 
um, <laughs> compared to the other snipers that have a minimum damage potential of 660 or 490. Mm-hmm. 360 is a lot, lot lower than that. But let's dissect a little bit more about exactly how the damage comes out or is achieved from the charge rifle. So you're going to be doing 45 damage from actually hitting the shot. So you kind of activate the laser beam, the charge rifle, and then as that final charge comes out, that's what does 45 damage. There's another 45 packed into the actual laser beam. So, and that's calculated at three damage per 15 units of laser beam. Not complicated Super at all. Super crazy. So <laughs> you can hit a charge rifle for three damage. You know, if you barely mm-hmm. touch them as they're moving, you can consume two sniper ammo and get three damage out of it after making some contact. That's tough. That's not great. And if you miss the actual beam, you're going to be doing the least amount of damage of any sniper. Mm-hmm. So even if we put it in its best light of hitting the entire shot at 90, it still is so poor on its damage potential that if we put it into a more realistic situation where you're hitting maybe 50 or 60% of the full damage of the beam and the actual shot, it's not going to be pretty. So mm-hmm. charge rifle is a little weird, but it does have this unique feature for sure that because it has hit scan. And mm-hmm. what that means is that where you aim, that's where the damage is going to go. Mm-hmm. No and bullet drop. No bullet drop. It's a mm-hmm. laser, literally. Mm-hmm. So literally that laser, is yep. an advantage when you're talking about long range engagements, potentially even hit firing this weapon, as well as all ammo slows enemies down when it hits. Now, because you have a beam, you can use the charge rifle to do tracking damage. So while an enemy is moving, you can just drag over them with the laser beam and slow them down to make it easier to hit the final beam on. So Mm -hmm. in some ways, even though how the damage is carried out on the charge rifle, it gives you a little bit of an advantage just based off of how that damage is distributed. And a nice little bonus on the charge rifle is the fact that I love it when my teammates use it. It doesn't always help me out, but when someone's getting slowed by this beam over a second or so and then getting hit, it does make your fellow sniper shots a little bit easier, just a tad. So it is, it's maybe a potential nice combo if we're going with multiple snipers on our squad. Yeah, and when we talked about the triple take versus the longbow, you know, we gave an edge to the longbow, but mm-hmm. it's that subjective choice. Would you rather miss and do zero damage or yeah. miss and do some damage? You know, the triple take provides that, and the charge rifle certainly gives you more opportunity to do something rather than nothing if your accuracy isn't all the way there. Mm-hmm. But moving right along. That's enough talk about the charge rifle. Uh, Rounds per second. So how many bullets are you going to be able to cycle through? Longbow, huge winner here. At 1.3 rounds per second. Very impressive when you compare it to the Sentinel. That's at half a round a second at 0.52. And then the charge rifle at 0.43. Very low. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Sentinel has a hop-up that allows you to combat it a little bit dead eyes tempo Um, but using that and timing it as fast as possible to really maximize the rounds per second only bumps you up to 0.63 rounds per second so Mm -hmm. definitely doesn't get you as close to the longbow as maybe we'd like Um, you're still firing less than half of the speed of Mm -hmm. the longbow big winner there but if we go into shots to kill um, I think this is one of the most important metrics when we're talking about snipers. Yeah. The longbow is in the back of the pack here. It requires four shots to knock an enemy with purple armor with shots on the body. Mm-hmm. Compare that to the sentinel that's at three and the charge rifle that's at technically three <laughs> if you hit every single laser beam. Yeah. Um, but another thing that's interesting to call out here is that the sentinel, if you charge it up with cells, 
not going to change the shots to kill Mm -hmm. against purple armor. So it's three either way. And really that comes down to the fact that it's just powerful as it is. And that does these huge chunks of damage. You will wreck blue armor people. You will. You will. (laughs) You definitely will. Um, But that is a great branch into the time to kill. Yes, it requires less shots, but based off the rounds per second, how does that translate to the damage per second and the time to kill against purple armor? Here, the longbow, all things considered, is just the king. Um, 71.5 damage per second, time to kill of 2.8 seconds. This metric, honestly, I did hype it up there that it's an interesting one to look at and kind of as a culmination because time to kill usually is. But truthfully, and we'll get to this at the end of the discussion, time to kill for snipers isn't the end all be all. You know, Mm. if we look at an assault rifle or an SMG, the time to kill is just a fraction of what it is for snipers. So in a head to head, we're not really competing. Oh, who can knock Mm -hmm. the other faster with a sniper and apex? You don't really have those big sniper battles. So the time to kill is really strictly to be used in comparing these, but isn't very applicable to the actual game. So time to kill on a longbow is 2.8 seconds. Sentinel is between 3.44 seconds and 5.5 seconds without the dead eyes tempo much 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 slower and then the charge rifle is just at a static 5.1 second time to kill and this really goes to show how important rounds per second is for snipers you have to have the rate of fire not only for flexibility but also to maximize the damage you can do Um, Mm -hmm. and we're not even at accuracy you know Mm -hmm. this just is a huge margin between 2.8 seconds and 5.5 seconds on the base sentinel it's really not even close what you're able to do well it's interesting because you look at it and you're like oh well if we're going to make the argument for the charge rifle that it's that oh i want to do some damage it's a little forgiving even if that's your argument your longbow shoots so much faster that you still might be able to say with some confidence that it's more so just worth it to fire two shots with a longbow instead of one little laser beam. Yeah. Even if you only hit, you know, 25%, you'll still end up doing some more damage out in the long run. And that's the the very reason that I love the G7 so much. You know, we're Mm -hmm. a month from having the G7 on the ground. It's very well, sad. Let's, yeah, it's sad. We don't. We, it's very we're, sad. We're, we're depressed. We don't need to. We don't need to keep making everyone sad. That's listening, HP. <laughs> but it's the rounds per second that really makes it strong. You can fire four shots per second with the G7. Even comparing that to the longbow, that is very high in this class of kind of sniper and marksman. It's at one point three rounds mm-hmm. per second. So it's just. It really comes down to that. But Did you run finally, double G7s yesterday in your game when you found both of them? I definitely <laughs> did as long as I could, and it was very successful, might I add. Um, but finally, on these general stats, headshot. Um, mm-hmm. This one's pretty interesting because the longbow and the charge rifle are kind of close in terms of their best case situation. The longbow is going to do 118 to the head. That's pretty easy. The charge rifle, if you hit the entire laser beam and the pulse, you're going to do 116. So in a base Mm. case scenario, the charge rifle can really compete with headshots, to be honest, if honestly people are standing still for over a second. I love it when that happens. (laughs) You got to take them when you can. Um, But the Sentinel here really rises above and is Mm -hmm. really where it maximizes its strength. It's where you see the ceiling. Yeah. You have a base headshot of 140, and then if you charge it up, that goes up to 176. That is a huge headshot that is really going to end that player uh, by and large. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really good comparison. We'll dive into the accuracy numbers in a second, but before we do, here's a quick little word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's keep the comparison rolling, HP, the number one third-party staple number. Let's talk about accuracy with the snipers, how we think it plays, is it important, and then who comes out on top. Yeah, so for this one, normally we look at just the accuracy metric 
purple armor, purple attachments, mm -hmm. how many shots is it going to take, and then what's the percent that you're going to have to hit. Mm -hmm. For snipers, I thought that it would be a little bit interesting to look at the progression throughout a game where mm -hmm. you pick up a sniper early on, you're going up against enemies that are predominantly uh, carrying common armor, and then going all the way to the end game and talking about red armor, which we never do. So what we can kind of take away here, <laughs> we really never do. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe we should stop that because well, truthfully, I, red armor is becoming much more prevalent this season than ever before for I a think, variety of reasons. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think one of the other reasons this comparison, though, is also easier is that these all take the same attachments. And so mm -hmm. like when you do look at the comparison, like longbow versus sentinel, well, you actually get to make the decision if you find a mag and you find both guns early on, what phase of the game am I in? What one's going to do best compared to yeah. like, hey, well, we compare our 301s and flatlines. You can say all you want, but if you only have a purple extend heavy mag, your decision gets pretty easy. So I think that yeah. erases some of the difficulty in the comparison. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that's a real reason why we're, number one, able to do this, but B, why it is applicable to your game mm -hmm. decision. Um, so essentially, we looked at each level or rarity of armor, common blue, purple, red, and then we tied the weapon to that same attachment in order to kind of keep it fair. Normally we stick with just purple, but we're trying to simulate you pick up a sniper early, mm -hmm. you progress with it, does it improve, and at what point is maybe one sniper better than the other based off the attachments and the armor you're going up against. Starting off, start of the game, uh, the longbow and sentinel are tied in terms of shots to knock at three. Charge rifle requires two entire shots. When we think about the accuracy percentage, you have to be 75% accurate with the sentinel as opposed to only 50% with the longbow and charge rifle. So early game, this is really where the charge rifle has an opportunity to maybe outperform the sentinel. This is where the sentinel is the weakest in the game state. We go into blue armor and that's the turning point. Both the sentinel and the charge rifle are unfazed by this jump in armor of 150 to 175, but the sentinel has improved accuracy because it actually has a magazine where the charge mm -hmm. rifle does not. And it is about to get hit like a truck because <laughs> of it. Going into the late game where people have purple and then red armor, the charge rifle shoots up to 75% accuracy and just takes the opposite path of the Sentinel. Mm -hmm. The longbow here really starts to shine when it dips down to 33% accuracy with a purple mag against purple armor. This is really the peak of the longbow. It does require four shots to kill though. So that's the flip side to the Sentinel. When you make the leap from common to blue to even mm -hmm. purple armor, the Sentinel still only requires you to hit three shots to the body to knock them. And it's going to drop down the accuracy requirement to 43%, but that's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Then we go into the, the final end game, if and when you encounter red armor, really, the longbow is going to stay very strong in terms of just the gap between the sentinel and the longbow. 42% accuracy, five shots versus... 57% accuracy and four shots with the Sentinel. Mm -hmm. And the charge rifle is really left behind in the end game. You should really transition to any other sniper from the charge rifle outside of the early to middle game. I, I think this comparison does a great job of illustrating that. Like the charge rifle, it's just not on the same level right now in terms of accuracy. If you want to play with it because of the intangibles, you can. And we can't really argue with people about the intangibles of it. But if you kind of want to go into the numbers, of what's going to make you most successful, I think this is a great job of illustrating that you can pick it up and use it to carry, you know, attachments or use ammo per se, because you can't really carry mags on it and such, but more so to be the driver of why you pick up sniper ammo early game. But you do need to really quickly look to transition this gun as quickly as possible to either of your other options. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to keep this rolling though. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's do it. We're going into the, into the big one. Like, I think this is kind of where the conversation starts to get interesting is the longbow versus the sentinel. Which one comes out on top? We've been comparing the longbow to a lot of guns lately. Um, And so the sentinel is the latest competitor. I'm excited to see where it shakes out. But I think these two are essentially, we just told you, these are the two you can use in the end game. Okay. In the vacuum, you have all your attachments. You have both options. Which one should you rock with is kind of the question we're going to hope to answer right now. Yeah, and we're trying to get into all the details to put these two weapons against Mm -hmm. each other. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to speed and forgiveness of the longbow versus the power of the sentinel. Mm -hmm. You have that massive headshot versus the magazine of the longbow. Longbow at the top end has five more shots than the sentinel. Mm-hmm. That is epic. It's forgiving. Mm-hmm. It it really, really is. You just have a lot more opportunity to do that potential damage. But in terms of time to kill or shots to kill, you only need to be 10% more accurate with the Sentinel than the mm-hmm. Longbow in order to be successful. So you have a little bit of an advantage using the Longbow that you have a little bit more forgiveness because of the magazine. But like we talked about, the longbow requires four shots. The sentinel requires three shots to knock purple. How much of a difference is that? You know, if mm-hmm. we just throw accuracy out the window, does hitting one additional shot make a significant difference to how powerful the sentinel is? Yeah, I think it's a it's a tough question to answer, especially in the concept of sniping, because that's where this changes compared to other weapons. When it is, hey, with the longbow and the sentinel. Yes, it's four to kill on the longbow, three on the sentinel. But how do you snipe? Like, is it's that okay? I'm gonna line it up, take my deep breath, and then send my shot. And if you are really taking the time to maximize each shot, then in theory, maybe the sentinel does have a case to be made that it could come out on top because you're valuing each shot much more rather than kind of the pure accuracy necessity out of other guns that you really run into. Totally. I I think that when we talk about actual marksmanship and accuracy Mm -hmm. of the player, the Sentinel has to be the favorite. And it not only comes down to having to hit less shots, so you're not necessarily going to be faster with the Sentinel, but you're not going to waste as much ammo and you're not going to give the enemy as much opportunity to react. You know, if Mm -hmm. they get hit once, maybe they keep going. If they hit twice, now they start panicking. And then you hit them a third Dead. time they're down versus <laughs> having to hit four shots gives them just more opportunity to use their abilities, find cover, mm-hmm. heal, get out of there, whatever they have to do. But the Sentinel, if you're talking about marksmanship, you have to discuss the headshot potential. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just massive 176 charged compared to just under 120 with the longbow. It's, it's a massive huge difference. difference. It's mm-hmm. almost an entire extra shot of the longbow in order to make that difference up. And if we were to play out a situation where you use both snipers and the first shot is a headshot, bang, everything's great. How many like subsequent shots do you have to hit in order to finish them off? Well, the Sentinel has to only hit two. So you hit that first shot, even if it's 140 uncharged, then you only have to hit one more for 70 in order to win the knock. Longbow, even if you hit the the first shot as a headshot, you're still going to have to follow up with two additional shots. So mm-hmm. even when we talk about headshots, probably obvious, the Sentinel is going to edge out in terms of shots to kill. Yeah, it's such an interesting case to look at with the snipers because when you start talking headshots and you start talking the use case of it, well, a longbow 118 is massive. Do you push a 3 3v3 immediately if you hit a 118 though at a mid-range engagement? 50-50 kind of depends on how your team wants to play. A Sentinel at 176 though, that's a game changer and a fight ender in terms of if your team can quickly push depending on the legends you're using. And that's real powerful in of itself. It is like the baby Kraber for a reason. It doesn't get the full knock, but it does essentially take somebody out of a fight for a while and force a three yeah. on two at a pretty big advantage. And that's that's valuable when we start talking about why you use a sniper. 
Totally. I think a lot of listeners are going to hear that and say, man, I don't know if I'm going to push regardless of what happens. It's totally but fair. What you have to consider is that for a lot of players, if they're hit for 176, mm-hmm. they might Phoenix at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you hit somebody Ten for seconds. 119, that's going to be a bat. So yeah. you have such more opportunity with the Sentinel to mm-hmm. have a window to attack. I don't recommend Phoenixing in that situation, but <laughs> gameplay analysis is going to dictate a lot of people are going to say, all right, they're really far. I have time. I'm going to enjoy mm-hmm. this Phoenix kit uh, while my teammates kind of scramble. And that's your opportunity to close the gap really quickly. Anything that forces people to use body heals at any point in the game, that's a power advantage because Big time. those things take a minute. But that's also a recognized situation. You're playing against the lifeline, that'll change things. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting. Know, that being said, that kind of crazy 176 headshot, that's mm-hmm. only achievable if you're charging the Sentinel. For sure. Well, for that niche situation, is it worth using two cells? You know, is it worth charging all the time? When should you charge? What do you think? I, I think the Sentinel for me, if I'm charging it, comes down to, I mean, obviously, let's mention real quick the gold armor. You know, if you are wearing gold armor, it takes one cell to charge the Sentinel. And so that's going to be a huge advantage just in terms of loot balance. You're already at an advantage to carrying cells over bats, essentially. Not that you're not that one's better than the other in that situation, but you can to help your team out. So you can carry a lot of cells. It gets really easy to use. Charge your Sentinel as much as you want if you have gold armor. But if you don't, which is the majority of games when you choose to run the Sentinel, I still tend to charge the gun as much as possible. I will go out of my way to carry more cells. I will carry less grenades. I will carry less ammo of my other weapon to make sure I have more room for cells. And I I think that is just about maximizing the gun. And that's an advantage you should try and go for. And it is for that 176. We kind of talked about how the 88 over the 70 is you know that's a nice bump but it's not changing your shots to kill at certain points in the game so it is for that 176 massive play that we just talked about can be a game ender for people yeah and so i think you answer it almost perfectly in that it's situation based if you're Mm -hmm. in a high ground situation where you have some distance you have the opportunity to line up headshots yes you should charge if you're pinned down in a building and you're playing defense, no, yeah. mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't take the time to charge it up because it really isn't going to save you. It's not going to mm-hmm. save you on time. It's not going to deal enough damage to change the tides of the fight. And the time it takes and the resources it takes aren't really worth it unless you have the time to set it up and maximize. Hopefully you're using your second gun also in those situations Hopefully. when you're pinned down inside. Hopefully. Fingers Hopefully. crossed you're carrying that R301 or something. <laughs> yeah. The charge sentinel is one of the most unique features in the game, to be honest, because we it is very never situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so random uh, when it was introduced initially. And remember when it used to take batteries? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what a crazy time that was. I would never charge it, even when it did disruptor <laughs> it, Yeah, when it took off the Still entire 125 it. shield of a red Evo. <laughs> wasn't worth it, I'm telling you. I don't know what I said on the pod before, but now I'm saying <laughs> it wasn't worth it. Um, but when you do charge it, if you are firing as fast as possible, you get a maximum of eight charge shots. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, considering the fact that a magazine can hold seven. So you have a little bit of wiggle room to kind of wait, pace the shots as the charge decreases over time, Um, Mm -hmm. but use two cells or one with a gold armor, and you're going to be able to get more damage out of the weapon. Well said, well said. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a niche opportunity when (laughs) comparing the Sentinel to the Longbow is what if you're using Rampart, you know? She is the LMG legend, but Mm -hmm. amped cover Increasing the damage output of weapons by 20% probably benefits snipers more than any other class of weapon because you're able to set it up, have the high ground, have the visibility, and then get more damage out of these big heavy hitting shots. If you charged up the Sentinel, it's a two-shot kill behind amped cover. 
because you're going to do 106 to the body with the Sentinel. That's crazy to me and (laughs) should really be maximized because you essentially have a weapon that is as good as the Kraber, but you have a lot more ammo and you have whatever sight you want on it. And it is much more forgiving and less valuable. But if you're Mm -hmm. coupling these two together, wow, that is an easy two-shot knock with really no skill required. You're maximizing Mm -hmm. an ability and just hitting consistent damage that is massive. Henry's at the point with the pod where he's willing to take any opportunity to talk about Rampart so we can make sure to cover the amped cover because it is good, underrated for sure. She hit the slept on leopard lep- uh, slept on legends episode for a reason. I, I think it's a pretty good case though with the Sentinel here. That thing is powerful in the later games, especially when people start to get into less situations where they can move around and you know where they're going to be and they're going to be pinned down. You got an opportunity to end somebody's game yeah these two shot kills that don't require a headshot you do have to stack every single thing possible in order to maximize it but as you all things considered (laughs) it's a couple cells and a tactical ability that you have half a dozen charges of so Mm -hmm. it's not the highest price to pay for some major major power Longbow, on the other hand, if you're behind amped cover, it doesn't make a difference. You're still going to have to hit four shots against purple armor. So that's an interesting comparison. If you're playing Rampart, might want to favor the Sentinel for this reason. Well said. Wrapping things up here, I think that it's important to look at how do we actually use snipers? Are we putting on a, a six by 10 digital threat sniper optic on the longbow? and just going to town is that the pinnacle of sniper usage Mm -hmm. it's not exactly how we've always recommended using it what what is your final thought though i think we like to use bruisers rangers two by fours you know Mm -hmm. using these marksman optics with snipers is going to be a lot more approachable and so that being said a lot of these general stats aren't super applicable just because Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily using the entire magazine. You're not going to be firing 12 shots necessarily from range. You're going to be in a medium range engagement and you're going to use a sniper of any type, charge rifle, sentinel, or longbow to do one of two things. One, level up that Evo. Two, crack armor. Mm -hmm. Then from that point, you have control over the fight you have options you can either push because you have an advantage so you hit a big headshot you hit consecutive body shots or you hold off and you know you have control over the fight because you've pinned down the enemy they have to heal and you have the position to just rinse and repeat mm-hmm. it's a really good point like it is that's kind of how it comes down that's what we were talking about essentially with the sentinel headshots taking that control early and essentially using the snipers to dominate you're bold to use it two times on the snipers i i can't do it myself too much i i, I need that three or the four times scope for the most part but i do like the versatility the two to four but man sometimes i feel like with the two i'm not maximizing and the only time i will go out of my way to use a sniper scope itself is on the charge rifle like i'll use a big scope on the charge rifle but that's just a different play style than what you just mentioned and you're talking about here so i think in mm-hmm. general not using that six fan. times I'm a <laughs> you're big a big fan bruiser these, fan you've been it's been your number sites. one for a while mm-hmm. and i'm desperate without the g7 so you know <laughs> i think we're just talking about a usage of snipers of being that all right i see an enemy i'm gonna run at them i'm mm-hmm. gonna slow down hit them two times or one times with my sniper and then swap to my ar to finish them yep. off that's a really good combo and one that in terms of time to kill is pretty efficient so that's more i think where snipers actually shine because farming damage leveling up evo that's fine there's other ways to do it as well yeah it's not just efficient from a time to kill standpoint though it's easier like it is a lot easier to only need to hit one or two shots with your sniper before switching to your full auto weapon and not forcing yourself to one clip somebody with a full auto weapon 
and giving them a bunch of time to react. It becomes a lot easier way to get one knock out. And that's that's an advantage we like to create. Let's wrap it up, though, like in terms of these this comparison. Longbow, Sentinel, which one is your weapon of choice right now? I think that to cap it off, I actually like the longbow more. I'm not going to be hitting a ton of headshots. <laughs> I like that consistency. You do have that nice you know, headshot. I like the rampart charging it up. That is cool. But for more general use, I like the barrel stabilizer. Mm-hmm. You know, I like having a lot more options, a lot more forgiveness. And yeah, just like you said, it's closer to the G7, which I'm just chasing. Yeah, I'm a fan of the forgiveness as well. I go longbow as much as I think we tried to make a little bit of the argument for the Sentinel, which is a good gun all by itself for sure. I think that longbow definitely does shine through. And the Sentinel does something for me. Just makes me think about that sniper in the care package, which I think we should talk about now and talking about the Kraber. Should you pick it up if you see it? If you're running a full stock sniper, do you pick up that Kraber or any other gun? Do you pick up the Kraber? <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe this is a no brainer to a lot of people. Always pick up the Kraber no matter sure. what. Best mm-hmm. in the whole game. Um, and honestly, that's pretty true. If we think mm-hmm. about a lot of the big stats, you're talking 145 to the body. That blows any sniper out of the water. If we look at damage potential, though, because you only have a four-round magazine, mm-hmm. it's kind of middle of the pack at 580 compared to the longbow's potential to do 660. Um, Kraber doesn't really shine there, but in terms of body damage, huge. Headshot damage, massive. 435 damage potential if you don't know no matter who you are that is gonna knock you no matter what if you land a headshot and that's why you use the kraber if you use the kraber and only hit body shots i feel my honest opinion if you hit every single body shot with the kraber spaced out from when you pick it up to the end game i do not think that's a fully successful kraber instance the reason you use the kraber is to end the team, to hit the headshot, to push on them and knock somebody out in a very easy way without taking damage. The Kraber lets you do something that no other gun in the game lets you do. Maybe I'm biased because it happened to me yesterday and that I was playing duos and final squads left and I just got knocked by a Kraber and unfortunately my teammates in a two-on-one and they got no chance. I think that's why you pick up the Kraber and use it. It offers you something no other gun in the game can. And like we talk about so much, you get to carry two weapons. So it isn't the end of the world that you're rocking with a sniper and a gun that's not as effective up close, unless you're going for that killer trick shot to end the game. Yeah. And like you talked about, it's all about that headshot. If you don't feel confident in your ability to hit a headshot with Mm -hmm. that optic and a bolt action situation, then you're better off with another sniper, likely the longbow. (laughs) <laughs> and the Spitfire. Yeah, pick up um, a different weapon, yeah. <laughs> because the Kraber is just so difficult. Your bolt mm-hmm. action, you have the huge optic, and then you have the slowest rounds per second of any of the snipers, so you really are punished or missing. But you're rewarded with having, even if you hit body shots, two shots, shots to knock any enemy, mm-hmm. regardless of the armor. That's really good. And honestly, if we look at the accuracy requirement of all the snipers, that means that no matter what, throughout the entire game, the Kraber is going to stay consistent mm-hmm. at requiring a 50% accuracy to the body. That means that early game, the Kraber is the best sniper in the game, hands down. Mm-hmm. Going into the middle game, it's fairly good. Going into the late game, I don't know. You know, you start to see that the Kraber remains stronger than the Sentinel at the very end of the game without Mm -hmm. all these crazy charged and rampart things. But the longbow actually is easier to use, even in the endgame situation against red armor. So Mm -hmm. you really have to be using those headshots to your advantage. And if you can't, you should probably stay away. Yeah, you got to be confident with the Kraber. No doubt about it. And for players at the higher level, I will tell you, there's always going to be one person that at least appears confident with the Kraber, whether they are or not. Yeah. Uh, but you you should, if you're playing ranked, make sure you have someone that is almost, in a way, your designated Kraber player on the team, like based off the situation. And in pubs, if you're not feeling confident with the Kraber, 
I say still pick it up and use it because the only way to get better is to practice it. And Mm -hmm. you're only going to get to do that by getting your reps in. So feel free because there's a ceiling with this gun that's unreachable with anything else in the game. But I think it's a very strong point to say that, hey, if you're not the most confident and you're playing a game where all of that matters is the dub, that longbow has a pretty dang solid argument still. Yeah, and some things to tell your friends or take to heart is that actually the time to kill on the longbow is faster than the Kraber. That's pretty interesting. You know, the Kraber, if you're hitting body shots, barring any headshots, it's 3.3 seconds to get a knock against purple compared to 2.8 seconds with the longbow. So you have an edge across the board, honestly, with the longbow going Mm -hmm. in the late game, um, unless you maximize those headshots, which is something that traditionally we don't talk about but it's something you can definitely flex out there in the map. Well, I think that's like, we'll wrap it up here and talk about snipers as a whole. And I think that's one of the big takeaway. It is about maximizing your shot. It is about aiming up for those headshots and trying to hit a certain ceiling. And there's guns that give you some forgiveness as well in the class of the longbow. And there's a gun that gives you the ceiling with the sentinel. And there's a gun that gives you that really weird use case with the charge rifle. Like there is kind of a, there's a situation for each player. It, it does come down to, hey, what do you want to rock with? But I think overall, we're looking at a pretty dang healthy class that has a lot of fun characteristics in each gun and one that I know I've overlooked for a long time and I've been enjoying really stepping up my sniping game this season in Apex. Sniping's a lot of fun. And I think the competition between the Sentinel and the Longbow is pretty aggressive. So if mm-hmm. you have some thoughts about either or please let us know either yeah, yeah, in the yeah. comments or reach out directly love to hear uh, what your reactions are and if you learned anything through this i'd love to know that as well you know a lot of these are kind of niche metrics that you can't really find doing your own research you have to calculate them mm-hmm. yourself and maybe they're not super obvious but if you find them to be applicable it'd be great to hear that for sure. Let's wrap it up, though, by answering some five-star questions. First question's coming from, oh, I can't pronounce it, P-Y-E-S-E-Y-95. That's the new backup plan. We're going to spell it out now that we can't edit stuff out on video pod. Here's the question, though. Hi, guys. Love the pod. I want to know your thoughts on an increased amount of players on Stormpoint to 100. I've heard the idea thrown around on socials a few times. Also an idea on ranked duos. Would it work? Would it not? Cheers. Give up the good work. Two good thoughts, two interesting yeah. kind of concepts. Really good idea, honestly. Um, you know, I have also seen this discussion, you know, tossed around that Stormpoint is just very large. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in our experience and the playtest, and then throughout the last month of playing on the map, I don't see the big problem with Stormpoint's size. I don't feel like I'm bored the majority of the time. I don't feel mm-hmm. like the game duration is extending too long. Um, I think that the gravity cans make rotating faster mm-hmm. and it kind of makes up for this 15% larger size. I don't necessarily think we need to drastically increase the player count by almost 50% because of just over, you know, 10 or 15% larger landmass. Yeah, I think here where I'm at with Storm Point, Storm Point is is very similar. I do think that there is a like I think the map could handle an increase if it wanted to, but I don't think that's the goal. The goal of Storm Point to me is eliminating some of the third partying. I think there is some gap in fights that occurs on this map unlike others. And I think that's a good thing. That's what people have been frustrated with and complaining about in BRs and Apex for so long. It's the title of the podcast, the third party podcast. And most people I play with have noted that they feel like they're getting third partied less on Stormpoint. So yeah, we could increase the map, like the map size and the players in the lobby up to 80 or up to 100. 100 might be even extreme, but 80 maybe and eliminate that feeling. But is that what we want? Is that the unique characteristic? I think that's kind of an interesting conversation in on its own on why the map is playing as it is. And yeah, I'm pretty cool with how we're playing right now. I don't feel like it's this huge gap of never finding people. I feel like I just have time to breathe in between fights right now. I'd be pretty concerned if we were to add 10 or more new teams. I don't think we have the number of POIs 
to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea of ranked duos. Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you think, Shay? I, I think it could work. I think I'm turning, like, I think I've turned, I used to not think that it could be possible because of the playlist size and such. And hey, if they introduce some sort of TDM domination thing that I, we've been speculating on for a long time, I think then you run into the same concerns. But I do think ranked duos could work. I think it avoids the solo issue that they had with the solos as a mode and that there's no teamwork. There still isn't duos. I think it's just that we're realizing more so now than ever that it is really important to have teammates in Apex Legends to get to the highest levels of ranked and to play really competitively. And duos alleviates having to get one extra person on your team to have a really successful yeah. grind. How do you yeah. feel though? You maybe I, you feel differently. Respectfully, I have to disagree. I fair, think that fair. duos and solos is very appealing because of exactly what you said. Like it's less of a barrier to entry if I want to like squad up. Mm-hmm. But if you just have duos, 2v2, mm-hmm. whoever gets the first knock wins. And when we're playing in duos already in the BR, the fights are just so much faster. So if you were mm-hmm. to speed that up even more with kitted weapons, put it into arenas, I just feel like it would be so fast that it might be too much for me. What I might like to see is a 2v2v2 in arenas. Um, in order to kind of alleviate that pressure in the head-to-head. And I think it could be cool. You know, we're almost a Winter Express where we're 3v3v3. Trying something like that in an arena, I think could be a cool idea. Wait, are we, were, were we speculating on that we have to, we're doing ranked duos in arenas? Um, I thought the question was for BR specifically. Well, it could be for BR. I think that ranked duos... And BR could be better. I think that's what the question is, though, right? I think it is. But yeah. you think about that time well, of I the think, kill. It, but isn't a 2v1 more realistic, though, than a 3v2? Like, in a way? Not when the duo's playing together, though. Yeah, but get, I think people, people play duos one, to no-fill, like, so they yeah. can still have that experience. I think people would say a 1v2 is a lot more possible than playing in a 3v1 if you're playing with one yeah. other teammate like i mean i think there's an on argument one side for it of it i'm on the other side of it you put into a duos or a no fill solo situation you're removing a massive degree of the game and that's mm-hmm. expanding the time to kill having heals having abilities mm-hmm. it becomes so much more of a gun game which is good for people mm-hmm. like you that like the gun game but if we're talking points if we're talking professional i think the heart and soul of apex is the movement, the abilities, the time to kill and the heal component. Mm -hmm. I think you lose that in duos. And I think that's why they've been so hesitant to advance it and to go the solos route full out. You know, you have no fill, but it's not taken over the game because it takes away so much of what the entire legends are designed to do. If you're in duos and you get a knock, it doesn't really matter what abilities you have because you have two people shooting at you. It's over already. But that's fun. Guns are good. I th- it would be a very different style of play for sure, which I think that could be, a like you kind of said, a good thing and a bad thing. And it would just depend on the person and what yeah. they want to play. So it, it would be, I think it would be a, a jump from something else, but I don't think it would be a jump to solos that's so far away where it's like, oh, this isn't apex anymore in a way. I think you would still, I think you still get like a balance in between the two that it would be different, but it wouldn't be like just pure chaos essentially of solos per se. Yeah. I w- splintering the playlist too. I think that's the biggest issue. Yes. Crazy. Like I, no one could grind three different ranked. And so that means mm-hmm. each one we're going to get more competitive. I don't know. We have no data, by the way, on yeah. how mm-hmm. the last two ranked splits have gone. The first time on arenas, we have no idea how the distribution was. We have no idea how the splits worked. So I'm curious what the current state of ranked is because we have no clue how 
That's it a could whole other thing. And how mm-hmm. many people even play ranked and how many people played arenas. So hey, replace ranked arenas with maybe ranked duos or something just for a yeah. just for a split or something. And just to give people if nobody's really playing ranked arenas and you can only play diamonds with silvers, let's let's switch something up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a wrap. Well, we got again, yeah, yeah that, that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you to our producer, the third party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>